Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Long Lens Podcast. This is the podcast where I answer your questions and I just talk about filmmaking and YouTube. So for this episode, we're just doing another News with Nigel segment. I haven't done one of these in a while, so I wanted to kind of follow up on some of the latest news that happened in August. But before I get into that, I did want to just do a little bit of housekeeping and tell you that I just released a 17-minute long quick start guide for the Panasonic GH3. So if you're a Panasonic GH3 fan or owner and you want to learn how I set up that camera to get the best image possible, I just released a long video just kind of talking about all my settings and some of the tricks and tips to get the best image out of that camera. And it's available on my Patreon page. And there's a free LUT that comes with that whole video that I use on my talking head segments. So if you're interested in supporting me, again, the link's going to be in the show notes. You can watch that video, set up your GH3 like I do, and get a nice correction LUT that you can use on your talking head stuff. And you can even use it as a monitoring LUT on your camera monitor. So, And the link to Patreon will be in the show notes of this episode. So second off, we are going to have a guest on the next episode instead of a Q&A. And I'm going to do the Q&A a little bit later in this month, just because I'm kind of falling behind on a lot of my projects. So Still going to have a Q&A episode this month. It's just going to be a little bit later in September. I do want to give a quick shout out to all of my current patrons, Tiff D. Tate, the Vagabond Photographer, Alex Miner, Andy Mulcaster, Tony Selium, Will Mon, Dylan Dykes, Greg Gortz, Weirzarecki, Lizzie ASMR, Joel Kimball, James Corbin, Matt Sivis, Liz Gone, Sun Valley Drive Music, Sean Sebastian, Ivan Martinek, Tapo Mester, Greg Howe, Seven Note Mode, Roger Andre V. Hansen, and Travis Shore. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. And now let's get into the news. All right. The first piece of news is that I tried DaVinci Resolve and my buddy lent me a code. I feel like I had a code for DaVinci Resolve Studio, but couldn't find it. So my buddy lent me a code and I downloaded the full version of DaVinci Resolve. And I tried it like I don't know, for like a week, I did a couple of videos on it, like, you know, cut the videos and, you know, colored them. And my overall consensus is that it doesn't actually work any faster than Premiere Pro, at least not on the computer that I have right now. And I feel like that's the main bottleneck is my MacBook. I have a 2019 MacBook Pro. It's basically spec'd out, except for the RAM. I've only got 32 gigs of RAM. But I feel like in, you know, today's day and age, I think I just might need to pull the trigger and get an M1 or an M2 Mac. So I love that, you know, DaVinci Resolve has a bunch of features that I can utilize. And, you know, you use the GPU when you have the the studio version as opposed to the, the free version. So I did like it. I just feel like, I don't know, my viewpoint on DaVinci versus Premiere versus Final Cut is, I don't know, it's kind of like, and I mean, you're going to hate me for bringing this up, but here I go with another skateboarding analogy. I feel like you can skateboard perfectly fine on an 825 deck. Like, you know, basically anyone can skate on that. It's like a perfect size for the majority of the people. But I like to skate on 8375 or 84 decks, right? Like that's my preferred board. Not as readily available, but that's like my my board size that I like is 8375 or 84. And I feel like that's kind of how it is with editors, right? You just like what you like. And even if there's, you know, something that's technically better or that could be technically better for you, you like what you're like, you're used to what you're used to. 
And that's kind of where I'm at with Premiere. That's not to say that I'm never going to use DaVinci again. I think that once I get a new system, I might give DaVinci another try and just see if like all of the new stuff that's in the Apple Silicon chips actually is beneficial when it comes to editing. But for right now, I'm just going to stick with what I know and what I like, which is Adobe Premiere. I tried DaVinci. I do like it, but I still like as far as the machine that I'm on right now, I don't see any performance benefits from DaVinci as opposed to using Premiere. So that's my consensus on using DaVinci Resolve for right now. All right, the next bit of news is that Rode released some new wireless Go's, and these actually have 32-bit float audio that you can record directly into the transmitters, which is pretty crazy. And they also have time code, but I watched a video recently by Justin Porter, and he actually demonstrated that the time code isn't actually accurate. And he shoots weddings, and so time code needs to be accurate. But when he was using them, you could see the time code was drifting from camera to camera. So that's something that Rode needs to fix. I don't know if that's like a firmware update that they can do with those transmitters and the receiver, but even though it says that it has time code, I probably wouldn't trust it. So, but I would buy them honestly, like just for the 32-bit float. Like having 32-bit float in your transmitters that you can record to is insane. And I think that's going to be my next like audio purchase. Cause like right now I'm recording with my, you know, pretty cheap Mayono dynamic mic, and that's going into an XLR adapter. And then that XLR adapter is being fed into my Zoom H1. And I really like want to get that new Zoom F3. That's a, a 32-bit f- like float recorder because it's basically like shooting raw audio, which is kind of crazy. It's cool that Rode is making strides to make, you know, more useful wireless kit. Not that recording in to the wireless kit is anything new because, you know, Rode and Kotmica and a few other companies have been doing that already, but the fact that they have 32-bit float in this transmitter receiver kit is pretty crazy. So yeah, that's pretty rad. It seems like they dropped the ball on the timecode feature, but it's pretty cool that you have 32-bit float options in a Rode wireless mic now. So now let's get to some camera releases, and this is something that I've been having some, you know, some conversations with with some of my friends is that Once again, Sony has released some new cameras and it seems like they release cameras so freaking often that it's really hard to keep up with each release. It seems like it wasn't that long ago when the ZV-E1 was released and now we have two new cameras, the new A7C Mark II and the new A7C-R, which essentially is like the A7C Mark II is kind of like the original A7C, but more like a A7S III internally. But then the A7C-R is, again, the same body style as the A7C, but it's going to have the internals of like the A7R5, I believe. So the A7C-R has a 61 megapixel image sensor. You have a cropped 4K60. It's got slightly better grip and it's got other features and it's going to run you about $4,000. The A7C Mark II has a 33 megapixel image sensor, 4K60 10-bit with a Super 35 crop. And it's got a new body style and a bunch of other new features, and it'll cost you around 2600 bucks. So again, I feel like the A7C series, regardless of how Caleb Pike like rigs it out for video, I still don't believe that those cameras were designed for filmmakers. 
Obviously, Sony wants filmmakers to use the FX line. That's what they're designing for filmmakers. If you're kind of in between, maybe the ZV line is a little bit more like content creator. But I feel like the A7C line is for photographers who want that rangefinder style body, right? Because it seems like the same type of internals are in the a7 IV, the a7s mark iii and same with the a7cr the internals are just basically like an a7r4 or something like that so it's like these are photography cameras that also have the video tools right i think the a7c mark ii is going to be maybe a little bit better in low light have that image sensor like the a7s3 does then the a7cr is going to have that huge megapixel count 61 megapixels which is just gnarly the reason why i think that it's kind of funny that sony's released yet another camera is that like they're releasing so many cameras i forget who said this but like instead of fixing like the problems that people have with the cameras that maybe got released like last year or two years ago they're just going to release another camera instead of like fixing it with firmware update. Instead of fixing it with software, Sony likes to fix things with hardware, right? So like instead of giving you features with a software update, they're going to give you features with hardware updates, which means buy a new camera. So that's just the kind of funny things. I feel like Panasonic and even Canon sometimes they try to like fix the problems that they have with cameras with firmware updates. Whereas Sony's just like, nah, we'll just make a new camera, which is kind of funny. But yeah, two cameras that just came out that honestly don't inspire me or get me excited at all because, I mean, I'm not like a Sony hater. Like I love the FX line that Sony has, but I don't know, just their their other cameras are just like, I don't know, so it's like this jumbled mess of like, what are you supposed to pick if you're someone like me, right? Like I want the FX line, but if you're a photographer, I feel like there's so many different options for you that it's just kind of like, I don't know, it can get confusing. Another piece of news is that Laowa released a really weird probe lens. The Laowa 24mm T8 2X macro is like this probe lens. It's like a lens that you've never seen before. It like tilts down. It's almost like an elephant trunk. Like it tilts down from your, your bayonet mount on your camera. And it's I guess so that you can get like low angle shots without having to get all the way down. I've seen like some people shoot like the face of a turtle or something like that, getting really, really close. Like I've seen so many people utilize that probe lens by Laowa, you know, to like, you know, go in between all these like small, you know, things on a table and do some crazy product shots. Really cool. But I feel like it's a very, very niche lens, but that's kind of what Laowa is known for. I mean, I still have, I have to send it back, but I have the Laowa Nanomorph that I recently released a video on, and it's a lens unlike any other lens because it's an anamorphic lens that's like super small. Like it's the size of like maybe a 12 to 35 from Panasonic, you know, not extended. It's like a really small little lens that like normally anamorphic lenses are huge, but Laowa figured out a way to make them, you know, nice and compact, especially for mirrorless cameras. So yeah, Laowa's doing some cool things. But again, it's a very, very niche demographic that they're, you know, making lenses for. So lastly, I just kind of want to talk about some gear upgrades that I've made. So in my office, I now have a complete set of Godox lights that I can control with my iPad, which is pretty sweet. And you'll see that in one of my newer videos that's coming out soon. But I have an entire Godox lighting setup that I can control with my iPad. And I even bought this new 
light bulb by Godox that I didn't even know existed, but it's another one that you can connect via Bluetooth to the Godox app and it's complete RGB. So you just screw it into any, you know, like light bulb socket that you have and you don't need to charge it. It does have an internal battery. So if you want to take it out and, you know, do some other stuff with it, you can, but it's really cool. And I love that Godox's lights all connect really, really easily via Bluetooth and I can control the intensity and the color of every single light, which is rad. Another piece of gear that's been sent to me is the Small Rig Free Blazer tripod, which is a professional style video tripod with the extending three section legs. All you have to do is flip one flip lock and then the legs all extend at once. And then you can kind of, you know, flip them all down and then you can actually level the head with a bull mount that's with this tripod. So I have yet to actually film my review, but I've been using the tripod a lot and I'm excited to talk a little bit more about it. Lastly, I do have a new camera. I'm doing a project with a company that I can just kind of let you speculate and guess, but I have a new camera from this company and you'll be hearing a lot more about it pretty soon. But if you follow me on Instagram, you already know. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you're just gonna have to wait and see, but I'm really stoked on it. And I do think that it is the best camera that you can buy in its price range. So stay tuned for that because I'll be doing a lot of content around that camera. But that's not to say that I'm gonna stop shooting with my GH3s because I still love them and I still think they produce a great image for 200 bucks. So anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Lawlands Podcast. Be sure to stay tuned next time because we will have a special guest on this podcast and it's a good one. I've already recorded it. It's already edited, ready to go. So stay tuned for the next episode and I will talk to you all next time. Later. Later.